Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presented by Mistakes. No, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting what you just saw, which was a mistake, and it was indeed made. And uh, presenting this uh, week's edition of Two Star Tuesday. Um, my name is Brett Bloom, and I'm sitting here with the beautiful Kristen Pennington, the effervescent, the deeply, deeply, sometimes intelligent, the mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. the hater of clowns. Mm. And we are That's here. accurate. <laughs> we are here today to talk about a motherfucker of a clown movie. This may be the best worst movie we've ever watched. No, no. Zombievers is in the mail. We are rewatching <laughs> Zombievers, and then I'm, I'll, I'll, I might might declare that after watching this there's no way and fuck i was missing zombievers uh again again, yeah no that has to happen but this is 2012's stitches an irish film that was labeled on wikipedia as a psychological horror comedy fantasy film (laughs) which is a blend of fucking genres (laughs) <laughs> when we talk genre blending, I was like, I want a rom-com horror. And you're like, that's asking too much. It's too no. edgy. Stitches. <laughs> the teenage party, psychological horror, blood on children, floating dicks. This thing is goddamn unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And it, even if you don't have the patience to sit through the film, watch the trailer, because mm-hmm. that was why we picked the movie. It was this or Mara, and I think we're going to do Mara next week. Probably, yeah. If it's still up there. Um, but, yeah, she, Kristen was like, we got to sit and, you know, we got to do Mara. And I was like, cool. So we watched the trailer, and I was like, that looks really fucking good. You know, we can definitely do that. And one. then I was being indecisive. Yeah. Per and then usual. it was like, do we do that or do we do stitches? And I was like, well, you know, fair treatment. And I almost pissed myself <laughs> watching the trailer. It's the funniest trailer I've ever seen. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. It's got everything you need. It's got a, oh. it's got a big clown on a tiny tricycle. It's got them calling got children bastards. Clown car. It's got a, a foam nose. It's got. So many things. <laughs> what was it rated at? Oh, God. The IMDb on this was 5.7, but the Rotten Tomatoes score, which is, I think, what we've well established at this point, as long as it's below 50%, then we're, we're happy campers. The 43% on the critics and 40% on the audience. Uh, this film budget was $1.5 million, which we discovered 600000 came from a grant from the Irish Film Board. <laughs> and the Irish Film Board was probably not so happy when the box office came in at $90,000. $1.5 million in, you couldn't even cover the grant. <laughs> which, um, we couldn't find a gross, so it's probably made more than that, but probably not shockingly oh, more. No. It sold to Netflix, so yeah. it's probably at least recovered that 1.5, but no, there's no fucking way. I don't know. I don't know. Well, like, it's been up there for a while, so, like, they had to, at this point, you know, even if they break fucking $100,000, they're happy. <laughs> like, can we get a tenth of the money that we put into this back? Please, somebody? Because it was produced by Fantastic Films, which has a lot of promise in the name. <laughs> There's a lot of people sitting around going, Fantastic Film, you know what I think this is going to be? This is going to be a fantastic film. And it is, for all the wrong fucking reasons. 
This is like my favorite kind of horror movie. It's over the top. It's got clowns. So over the top. Oh, so many things to get into. Oh my fucking god, this was brilliant. Fagan messaged me yesterday on um, Facebook, not directly, but like up on the, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the picture when we put up the picture for this. And um, he goes, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about this. <laughs> and I thought I was going to hate it. And it was a beautiful fucking disaster. <laughs> this movie was just so bad. I would have to revisit Zombievers, but I think this one probably takes the record for me as the most absurd one we've watched. <laughs> I don't know. In Zombievers, a girl gets killed with a beaver literally eating her beaver. So that... uh, yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, so if I had like a refresher, I might be like, yeah, that was definitely more <laughs> insane. And I've seen Sharknado and Stitches as... Oh, uh, boy. This movie, oh boy. I'm going to... Uh, quick aside here. Um, on exploitation films, which I feel like you didn't need psychological horror comedy fantasy film. You could have just called it an exploitation <laughs> film or a clown exploitation, and I would have clown lost it. Well, they got black exploitation and fucking car exploitation, you know, like different genres mm. of the thing. And, um, fuck, I forgot where I was going. Uh, the only other creepy, nah, but I'm not going to be able to make my sentence now. Um, the only other like film I can put against this, like in a uh, exploitation film type style, is a film called Pervert that I also watched on Netflix when Netflix first came out. Like I was in, um, I was in tech school in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and all I had was a Netflix account, so I like pull up my laptop and just watch fucking TV shows. And for a while, Netflix wasn't the way it is now. You know, it was a very limited compared to what it is now, yeah. and they had all these crazy movies, like just. <laughs> These fucking wild things. And they had, like, all the exploitation movies. You go watch Spit on My Grave. You go watch fucking, like, all these... Never heard of any of these. No? No. I I, I spent, like, my entire time in tech school watching these horrific, like, films that starred... No, they were all porn stars that just needed an extra paycheck. And the directors were all college kids. So it was, like, porn stars being directed by, like, horny 18-year-old dudes doing weird shit. But my favorite one was Pervert. So, spoiler alert, if you've not seen Pervert or have no plans on seeing Pervert, Pervert's about this guy who, like, can't get laid in a small town. He goes to a voodoo priestess, too. I, I can't remember how he found a voodoo priestess in a small town. But, uh... He gets this thing put on him, like a little blessing type deal, and it's like, you will have sex with all the most beautiful women. And then lo and fucking behold, there's like porn stars everywhere in this town, right? Mm -hmm. So he has sex with them, falls in love with them, they leave him, and he can't figure out what's going on. And then eventually bodies start popping up all around the town, like horrifically defiled bodies all over the place. I think he did tell me this once. Yeah. And either showed me a trailer or... And at the end of the film... Like, he is convinced that he's sleepwalking like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing and killing all these prostitutes. No, not prostitutes, porn stars. Weird Freudian slip. If you're a porn star, best of luck to you. If you're a prostitute, I hope you don't get stabbed. Um, <laughs> um, they all start dying, and he thinks it's him. And then he, like, sets these alarms, I think, is how he did it, to, like, wake up and make sure that he wasn't, like, in a field somewhere. And when he wakes up... There's this thing crawling on underneath the bed, like it's coming for him, and he freaks out. He starts pushing the sheets back, and lo and behold, it is his animated claymation penis. That's right. With 
teeth and its urethra and tiny eyeballs, and it has been dislocating itself in the night to go kill the last thing it was in and then come back to him. And he has to, like, blow it up. Like, there's, like, a shootout with the penis. It, the last 20 minutes of Pervert is oh. the greatest thing that's ever happened on film. <laughs> yeah, you showed me the trailer for that. I forgot about that. Because I think I countered that by telling you about that movie, Tire. Yeah, Tire's fucking stupid, tire, too. Yeah. The Tire just fucking it just rolls around and decapitates people for an hour and a half. Blows up a bunny. Yeah. Oh, man. So, like, that's, that's how I view Stitches. Right? Like, I can't watch this, like, like when we watch the zombie movie, I'm like, well, there's rules for a zombie movie. Immediately, Stitches let me know that this was an exploitation film. This was going to be ridiculous, and I had no expectations. <laughs> I was like, there's going to there's gonna be titty. There's going to be people dying in crazy fucking ways that just don't make sense at all. It's going to be trippy. Like, it's... Oh, boy. God damn. So... Do you want to get into the trivia for the film, or do you want to talk about, like, the history of, like, clowns and stuff that you looked up earlier? <laughs> it's trivia of clowns. Yeah, we've got some info um, yeah. to lay down well, on I, you. Well, I, I figured we'd try to, try to get into the film, mm-hmm. and then if there's an emergency, I'll just flip my page aggressively, and I've got clown knowledge. <laughs> if there's an emergency. <laughs> yeah, like, if I need emergency clown stuff... <laughs> I might just set an alarm on my phone and hit you guys every five minutes with clown knowledge. I don't know. What but emergency I, is going to happen on the podcast? I don't know. We, we run out of shit to talk about. And I'm like, bazinga, clown shit. I got you set up for the oh, next half hour. Throw <laughs> some knowledge on you. Yeah, let me do this. Trivia? Yeah. Uh, character thing real quick. No, trivia first. You yeah, got trivia. Yeah, trivia first. Um, I've only got one that I have. So, uh, Stitches ends up with this scar that's, like, shaped like an X over his left eye. The Mm -hmm. headlight, the left headlight of his car that he's driving at the beginning of the film also is X'd out. Which I didn't pick up on. I didn't either. So, thanks, IMDB. Are there other, like, (laughs) little subtle things like that that you can think that you've seen before that... I'm sure, like, when you put me on the spot, my my brain is just like, nah, we're done. But I'm sure... There's something rattling around back there, but nothing's gonna come to mind. This is this is how trivia goes every night that we play Jeopardy. I'm like, I know that I know it, but because you've asked it, it's no longer there. I pause the episode, I wait for her to give up on the answer, I tell her the answer, I hit play. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And then one hour later I'll be like, ah, oh, that's what it was. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Lyndon B. Johnson. I almost had you. <laughs> What's your trivia? Uh, my only piece, because my other one was the the grant and the Wikipedia mm-hmm. title, um, was Tommy takes a drug um, to help himself stay awake, right? Was that the idea? Or to yeah. help him deal with the PTSD? Yeah, anxiety. Yes, to help yeah. him deal with the anxiety. Something like that. And when they zoom in on the bottle, the bottle is Hypnosil, which is the same drug that was used in... Nightmare on Elm Street. I swear to God, it comes up every week organically. I'm not hunting this shit down. I will bring up Wes Craven on every single episode. And um, what I feel like is the holy grail of trivia for this film is Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter was offered the role of Tom. And at first when I read that, I was like, man, that's just 
reaching that they thought he would agree, but he also did that movie Swiss Army Man, so... What is that movie where, like, the picture floats around Facebook, but I've never seen it, of him in the robe with the pistols, and he's, like, shooting in the street? I don't know what that one is. I've seen the photo before, but do you know what Swiss Army Man is? No, I've never seen it. Oh, my God. I've never seen it either, but we're going to watch the trailer for it after the podcast. He is a dead body that washes ashore, I think, if I'm remembering right, to an island where this dude is, like, marooned by himself, essentially. Does the dude and start fucking the dead body? No. Um, <laughs> he uses the dead body, which is why it's called Swiss Army Man. Essentially like a Swiss Army knife. Depending on what you, like, do or, like, press or whatever, his body will do different things. So it's like, oh, shit, I need to chop shit up. Like, let's get the body chopping. Like, like the he's, weirdest... like, pulling on tendons? Or I don't, like, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailer for it. But he essentially uses this dead body as, like, his tool to survive. Yeah, like, you could probably make a pretty effective, <sighs> like, like, cheap, not effective, but uh, a saw out of teeth. Like, you, I think I'd start there. No, I think it's, like, I think it's an exploitation film where it's making fun of itself, clearly. <laughs> but, uh, it's... No, Absurd. Yeah. I, I, Either way, like bringing up that example or that picture just alone, he might have done brilliantly yeah. in this goddamn. Movie. Like, I wanted to laugh at it initially because I was like, "That's stupid." That they You're a shitty to actor, Harry. Harry. <laughs> You're not good at it. Aww. Just like you, because you got an accent. <laughs> he was good in Harry Potter, but I feel like he was so desperate to disassociate himself with Harry Potter it's that never he gonna happen. started doing the no. most ridiculous when things. When J.K. Rowling is on her deathbed, she'll write a, a, a fucking screenplay about Harry Potter has a kid, and now the kid has to go, and it's just hi, Harry Potter grandpa. <laughs> and De- Daniel Radcliffe is going to turn into, like, Robert Englund, like, from Nightmare. Like, mm-hmm. he's never going to be able to be anything but Kruger ever. So he's just going to rot and go around signing autographs. Uh, I mean, I feel... Which, I mean, that doesn't mean that he'll be able to, but I feel like Emma Watson, like, I will always Emma picture Watson's her as Hermione. Emma Watson's going to do some other shit. She's, well, she's managed to break away from yeah. that branding, but, I, like, that's still the first thing I think about when I think of her, but I'm like, oh, she's done all this other stuff, too. She's done it through, like, activism and, like, kind of showing her own personality, whereas Radcliffe, I don't feel, you know... And she, I think... Has a public persona outside of Harry Potter. I think she's the only one, I could be wrong about that, but I think she's the only one out of the three of them that after all of the success they had from Harry Potter and how much money she had banked aside went back to college and got a degree. And the redheaded guy, I guess, is just like, I'm good. (laughs) Made more money in six years than any fucking people will in your lives. Fuck you. tiring right now. I'm putting all that shit in a mutual fund. (laughs) I'm getting a job at Subway. (laughs) Still, but not I would. If I was a child actor and you got Harry fucking Potter, you got like what eight films out of that goddamn deal that made millions upon that you'll never be able to spend. Mm-hmm. I think that just sits <laughs> in the stock market or like with somebody who can only make money grow from there, and you like pull a million a year out of that whole situation. <laughs> it's just live your life. I don't know why we're talking about Harry Potter. Because <laughs> my, my last trivia was Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I don't know why I had to make an extended. <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes were made. Also, uh, a film you can fight me on. Uh, <laughs> I saw the first one and I read the first book and that was more attention than I gave Lord of the Rings. Uh, but it did not grip me. But, but you my got, brother absolutely loved it. You got me a one. Yeah. <laughs> my mom uh, went to 
uh, King's Cross, went to the nine and three quarters where there's like this little touristy thing mm-hmm. where people take pictures. And, uh, bought Kristen a wand, and she's got a big red bag that says nine and three quarters. Um, and what else was it? Uh, it was a little, uh, like, decorative plate thing to hang up that said, I solemnly swear that I am up to no good, which, <laughs> which is a is quote from the movie. From our, Hermione, right? It's the uh, quote that you, they have a map that shows, it's like a magic map that shows you the entire castle, and you can see every single person in the castle and what they're doing that. and where yeah. they're at, and that's the thing you have to say to make the map work <laughs> and then after, uh, at the end when you're done with the map you have to say mischief managed and it wipes clean so it just looks like a blank sheet of paper so nobody else can use it that's interesting like i i i, I better than everything J.R.R. tolkien ever did what? Here's the, I like jk rowling <laughs> i like silver the rings we could talk about it uh more on a different thing but my last key point is rowling has like a very interesting you know, like one of those inspiring, you know, like King she or came Thompson from level. Yeah. yeah, like was damn near done. Was like I can't do shit, and then like, the one idea that clicks is the idea that makes yeah. it all work. Like it. just like, sort of living on the streets while trying to feed her child. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, she was a single mom. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fuck. Like broke, broke. Yeah. <laughs> when she got that book deal, yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien could run off to hell and suck his own. Dick. I think she was. <laughs> she was worth quite a bit of money. Like, I don't know if it was like a billion or something. I'm just throwing a number out there. And then she donated enough to charity to put her back under. Yeah. Well, I know that she she does all different kinds of stuff like that. She's responsible for, you know. I'll say our generation loosely, but the the younger part of our generation, um, getting into reading for the first time, you know, like I had like Shel Silverstein, and then my brother had Harry Potter, and Ben has not put down books <laughs> since. So like she's responsible for a crazy amount of kids who really get an interest in that. Uh, all the love and praise in the world, and. Uh, on to stitches? Yeah, Tolkien can go fuck his son. Uh, <laughs> All right. Stitches! Um, the guy who plays Stitches, we learned last night, is Ross Noble. And then we tried to watch Ross Noble stand up. He's a comedian. Kind of. He's an improv <laughs> comic and a prop comic. And. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to watch uh, American improv comedy. It is very hit or miss. It works for Carrot Top and literally nobody else <laughs> in comedy. Um, it worked with the dude with the watermelons for a while. That was about it. But the guy used to smash the watermelons. can't remember his name right now, no but neither can you, so point proof. I don't even know that I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not Geiger. Uh, Gallagher. Is Gallagher makes yeah his name is Gallagher that sounds yeah. Wrong, yeah but yeah he smashes watermelons and people wear rain suits on the front row and he goes isn't it awesome when I smash watermelons and it's like it was before we had the internet and we were you know. that's weird can you imagine being a member of Gallagher's audience unironically <laughs> like you go to see him like you go see like Andrew Dice Clay like because you want to see the gimmick that you grew up around and you uh-huh. want to hear the nursery rhymes um but Gallagher. <laughs> anyway we watched ross noble and uh couldn't yeah. even finish a five minute clip yeah i'm english i understand english comedy i'm a, 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 
oh, he's an English stand-up, not an Irish stand-up. It's an Irish film. Uh, I was born in England. I have a love for Rowan Atkinson, John Cleese. I, you know, big fans. Uh, but this guy made me want to just do horrific things to my eyeballs, my ears, <laughs> and my asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think any of the other names matter. Do we? We don't have any other like heavy hitters. No, or? I don't have any actors of significance. We can kind of talk about who characters are as we yeah. talk about the film. So there Tom, are a lot of characters. Yeah. Tom is the main character. He looks like a guy we went to school with, whose name is Petey. You remember Petey's last name? I don't want to say. I do know his last name, like but I don't want to say it because yeah, I don't talk to him beforehand. Yeah, but yeah, we went to school. Petey, if you're listening, with you're you're brilliant. You're going fucking places. <laughs> but this guy was. Yeah. strikingly similar to you he like in facial exactly features exactly like you <laughs> um, then there's Kate um, she's the girl with the really really bad wig who I was convinced <laughs> the entire time was an American faking an Irish accent turns out actually an Irish accent but I don't know what was going on with these accents throughout this movie I've never heard anything like that these people are all English and Irish and that accent was just strange very very strange there were a couple that were pretty bad like at certain points they just sounded like people from California and I was like what the fuck are you doing with your voice like who is doing this um so you got Kate, and then you've got Kate's boyfriend, Dan. Um, he's the guy who drinks from the piss wine and then disappears for absolutely no reason with everybody else for absolutely no reason. Uh, Vinny. Vinny looks a lot like my brother's boyfriend, Ollie. <laughs> it's so much so that I sent a picture of it to my brother, and he laughed his ass off. Oh, did he say anything? <laughs> did he agree with you? Yeah, yeah he was like, that dude looks just like Ollie. And uh, Richie. Like Ollie's about to get dead, dead. Yeah, Ollie is about to get dead, 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 dead. Ollie, <laughs> Ollie dies a, a sad, sad No, actually, Vinny lives. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at Richie's description while I was talking about Vinny. <laughs> how, did Vin, how did Vinny get out? Vinny, he's, he, well, we'll talk about oh, the movie. Okay. Richie is the description I was looking at. All I have written down is intestine animals and head explodes. So if you remember that, dude. Um, <laughs> there's Paul, who dresses as the clown at the party and has, he's the redhead dude of like the redhead group, the only two redheads in a film set in Ireland, but not my problem. Uh, Sarah, who's the redheaded girlfriend, uh, who has my favorite death in the entire movie. Then there's The Motley, who I don't think is ever named directly, but he's the That's cult leader. Um, that you see throughout the film. And Bulger, who's their gay friend who finds himself after a single pot brownie um, surrounded by beans in the pantry. Oh, it was a cookie. It wasn't even a brownie. And they both ate, or all of them ate one bite of it. Yeah. <laughs> Except for... It's like, I don't want to say that I've done the dangerous, dangerous drug called marijuana. Never eaten that many beans in my life, bro. Like if, if one brownie's doing that to you, you might be a schizophrenic. Like you might be right on the edge, you know. So Brett and I are a bit at war with this film. I think his good list is ten times longer than mine, and my bad list bled onto well, my, the next. My, my, blood, page. my bad, my good list is three things. Well, mine's only three as well. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I feel like I've, I, I, I could talk about these kills all day. So. Like, <laughs> Do you so want I'm to get gonna, into the bads? 
Uh, no, we'll start with the good. We'll stick to tradition because we try not to hate too hard. So I'm going to let Brett take away the goods because I think he liked this film way more than I did. (laughs) These kills are everything that I love in a shit horror film like this. There's so many fucking wild things. You're like, this is the stuff of nightmares, but it's presented like a TV sitcom. Oh, man. It just makes you uncomfortable and makes me laugh. Um... They're brutal, they're fun, and they're fucking hilarious. They're so outside the realm of reality. Yeah. Vinny, is it Vinny who gets his dick ripped off? Uh, it, not in real life, but yeah. um, Tom's having Tom's a, having that fucking nightmare yeah. where like, he's passed out. And then Vinny's sitting in the classroom, gets his dick ripped off by Stitches. Stitches ties a helium balloon around this flaccid dick, which is obviously just a dildo that's got red paint on it. And then they fucking... <laughs> He floats it up to the ceiling, and Vinny is just jumping up and down, bleeding out of his crotch out of the tile, trying to catch his dick as it floats into the ceiling. And I still didn't. I should have looked it up. The poetry of that, the absurdity of that, that is this movie, dude. (laughs) I should have looked it up, because we talked about it last night, but I told Brett, which he didn't know what I was talking about, um, that it reminded me of an insurance commercial, which somebody out there will know what I'm talking about. So the old man has the fishing rod and he's got the dollar on the end and he's like, oh, you gotta be faster than that. Like, that's all I was picturing the whole time is this dude's yeah, trying to Yeah, but you just said it was an insurance dick. thing and all I could think of was fucking... Like, Not the Allstate guy. That scene and then it just cuts over and it's like, Nation, why? No, this Allstate. Fucking no! <laughs> Not the Allstate guy. <laughs> Different movie. God damn it. Um... Richie, <laughs> dude Whoa. gets his guts pulled out, then he makes his guts into a giraffe and then sticks a helium pump in the back of his head, blows his head up to 15 times its side, and, and his head explodes. comically bad animation. Like, he literally looks like a cartoon character. His eyes are bulging out, yeah. his head's a big round balloon, and he's still alive and aware, even though his intestines are hanging out <laughs> on the ground and his head is... <laughs> the size of I, I don't even have a comparison it's absurd I mean, he, he is alive enough to be like what's happening to me he can still talk his entire large intestine has just been ripped out of his fucking body oh my god um, he, he runs away and trips on his own intestines <laughs> the weird shit is that's not even the third time that I've seen that happen in an exploitation movie that happens a lot. It's normally on a tile floor. They did it on asphalt, which was a little weird, but fuck, dude. Oh, it's so bad. And then Paul, who gets his ears ripped off and his head kicked off of his neck, and it's just like he pulls a fucking a bunny geyser. rabbit out of yeah, his throat. Pulls a bunny rabbit out of his throat. That's fucking tradition. Um, oh, and I we don't have any of them written down, I don't think, but there is a punchline for literally every single one of these deaths. Like... Stitches has, like, a relevant to the death punchline every single time. So you're just like, did did that just happen? Did he just say that? Bulger, fucking sitting in his pile of beans, just stoned as shit. Apparently somebody put morphine in Bulger's brownie, because that was goddamn ridiculous. Um, Gets his head cut in half, like, uh, fucking silence, or not silence, but Hannibal. And again, 
he comes in with an ice cream scooper and puts it in a, and then gets like a load of blood, like so it looks like ice cream, and then it all falls apart. He's like, "Oopsie." Do you remember what his dying words were? Because that was in the trivia section of IMDb. The last words that Bulger, who I started off really liking and didn't want to see die, and then at the bean scene, I was just like, "Oh fuck, just kill him." His dying words are, "Help! I'm getting raped by a clown." <laughs> and I feel like that should just be on his tombstone. I want a tattoo of that on my arm, like for I, the world to see. Help! I'm being raped by a clown. Oh boy! It's like what is Brett? He's filled with funny thoughts oh against boy. his will. Before we get to Sarah, let's talk about the cat, because I feel like Sarah's the Tell the winning about the death. Because I don't have the cat written down. You don't remember? Okay, so uh, which that's oh yeah, <laughs> beats the nine yeah. lives out of the yeah. cat. He's <laughs> like. How many lives you got left and just start smacking it? And you can tell it's a, a stuffed cat. You can tell it's not real. But they have the sound effect of the cat just yowling as he's like, one, two, three. All the way to nine. We watched that cat get beaten for 45 fucking seconds. Oh my god. And then he walks over to Sarah, stabs her in the back of the goddamn dome with an umbrella that pushes her eyeball out. She falls backwards. The eyeball balances on the tip of the umbrella and then falls into her fucking mouth. That is... No, no. I don't... No, fuck that. That is the coolest death I have seen in 2019, and it's in 2012. And then the umbrella pops open and her head explodes. <laughs> Which we watched three times in a row. And, we kept uh, pausing it and go back, and it's like, what the... <laughs> Stitches has a, a lovely uh, closing line for that death as he gestures fucking her from behind. <laughs> About taking her from behind. So I was in awe of this film. <laughs> oh, fuck. Did, oh. I, did I miss any of the big deaths that you can think of? Uh, no, because Benny lives, Kate lives, Tom lives. I don't know what the fuck happens to Dan. And oh, oh, while we're on the goods, um, how he dies, how Stitches dies, oh. is fucking next level. You know, trips, catches a knife to the face because they loaded the dishwasher. Don't don't load your dishwasher ever. Tips up. That's not no. good. No, 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 that's a no. terrible idea. It's a horrific idea. And so we don't even if, load the forks up. We load the forks down. Open around a room full of kids who are in the middle of a you know, if you could slip and face you know face plant your goddamn kitchen knife, you're having bad you know parenting issues. But. Lo and behold, he slips and he eats this knife through his eye and then stands up, pulls the knife out. He's getting ready to kill Tommy. And then does he slip again? Is slips on his own blood. Slips on his own blood. So much. The fucking knife goes in the air. He hits the ground. The knife hits his magnetic face in the exact same spot. <laughs> slightly tilted yeah tilted to create the X but he gets hit in the same eye point down that knife wanted stitches and as per all of the deaths in this film a geyser of blood a geyser of blood pouring out of his face and <laughs> Tommy's of course Tommy's just standing there for like Tommy's half an hour Tommy's just eating <laughs> all of that <laughs> do you remember Stitch's final death do you remember how that went down mm. Yeah, because the whole thing with the eggs and stuff, they have to kill the egg, and he gets one last joke off, which, if we're going to talk plot, 
technicalities on a movie like this. Um, he got his last joke off and then got killed, which yeah. invalidates them recreating his egg. Ooh, and, true. Uh, sending him back to try to kill these kids because that was the whole reason he came back to life in the first place. So. Um, but they step on the back of his head and break his egg at the same time, and he immediately turns into an egg. So like, oh, all his his body, shrunk. like the whole film is like very gratuitous deaths, like an excess of blood. His body literally limb by limb explodes, <laughs> and it's not even blood; it's like this weird yolky yeah. pus. It's it's the it's the white from the eggs, and then his face explodes last and lands on a rock and fries itself into a fried egg. It's at night. Yeah, when the rock is not in Ireland. Yeah. Or it's probably thirty degrees outside. You can never cook an egg in Ireland. Not even on a gas stove. They've forbidden eggs. I don't know anything about the Irish. I just I know they had some strange viewpoints towards my mother when she was growing (laughs) up. And I'll give you, like... We were going to do this entire episode in accents. I tried to convince Kristen to do it. She wouldn't play along. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Ireland. You grew up in England. I didn't grow up well, in England Well, you lived either. there for I a minute. I just grew up around an English woman my entire life. I can <laughs> slip into it. On a, I'm not going to do it now if you're not going to be like, Oh, look at the Irish. Like, I'm not going to sit here and do an English one. I'm, I'm not your clown. <laughs> Oh, but um, they're, they're so ridiculous. It was a classic exploitation film, which I think I've praised it for enough by now, but it is completely over the fucking top. The plot is just doesn't make sense, and it's awkwardly paced. So there was a whole point where, right, there's 50 people in this house. Are we still on the goods? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where there's 50 people in the house, right? And then there's nobody in the house. Like, it's just like the... And then they were all hiding in one room together. Do you remember that? The window opens? What? Yeah, like whenever Richie's about to like... Or no, it's I thought they all just left this party, like, in the midst of this clown murder. Oh. Yeah, like Tom's running through the house, and the house is totally empty, but then... I mean, I don't want to be insensitive, but they didn't give her a name. I don't think the only chubby girl at the party goes outside. (laughs) Well, she was intentionally anonymous, I think. Yeah, but um, the only chubby girl at the party goes outside, and um, she sees what remains of Richie, who has just had his head exploded, and then the window opens because they kind of trick you into thinking Stitches is about to kill her too and it's just the entire party in this room <laughs> looking out the window and Kate's standing in the middle of course silhouetted and then uh, Stitches is like what's the matter I thought you of all people could stomach it or something along those lines and she runs away <laughs> and then Stitches runs at the window and I thought he was going to bust the window open and he just opens it <laughs> like, I forgot uh, that whole yeah. thing and the whole party getting, was congregated in that one room for whatever reason. I was probably up getting a refill. I completely missed that part of the movie. Uh, yeah, that awkward pacing. You see that a lot in like the 70s exploitations where it's just like all of a sudden the room is empty and it's just like these two people and they never explain like, where, everybody, where went. everybody went. It's the way to make a bad movie, but you know that you're making a bad <laughs> movie. So it's almost, it, it's very English. Like, like, very sarcastically done. Like, I am doing this movie against my will, and I'm only going to pull in 90k. But the ironic thing about the fact that they suddenly made all of the people disappear is, um, I want to say Tom and Vinny are both hiding in a, 
like a pantry in the kitchen yeah. or whatever. And Tom's like, we're going to go out there. Like, come on, let's do this. Let's man up. And then he's like, no, I don't want to. I'm afraid. And Tom's like, well, he's not going to kill us in front of everybody. <laughs> and Brett and I are like, but everybody's gone. <laughs> Literally everybody has left this party, bro. Like, there's nobody left. I know that 15 seconds ago you couldn't walk in this motherfucker. But suddenly everybody has disappeared. <laughs> Uh, my third one is a note on uh, if you're writing a movie right now or you're writing a book or writing a short story perhaps there is a, uh, a trick called bookending <laughs> and you can bookend in a lot of different ways I can start a story by telling you a story you know about me and my father for example and then tell this whole other story that has absolutely nothing to do with that, that in the very last moments catches that same story that I learned at the beginning and I'm now going to readdress, tie together, and leave you off sweet and happy with a new little bow tie <laughs> bookend. Mm-hmm. Um, Wrapping it all back This up. movie opens with Stitches fucking a prostitute. <laughs> it ends with Motley getting blown while he's fixing Stitches' egg. So... Yeah. <laughs> Bookends, son. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Oh. And now I have no bads. Wait. All I have left is clown shit. Wait, so I we have, gotta do the bads. I have a good that Oh, I you have say. a good Yeah. Well I had three goods written down, but you've kind of covered most of them. Um Tom is supposed to be celebrating his sixteenth birthday in this film, which yeah. I didn't find that believable. These actors don't look like sixteen year olds, but they looked like average high schoolers. Like, I would have bought that these were actual 17 mm-hmm. and 18-year-olds. They're probably realistically in their 20s, but they didn't hire 30-year-olds to play high oh, schoolers. Yeah, and no. I appreciated that because... This was better casting than... Um, what was the one we watched? Oh, I guess films. literally every <laughs> I was like, we watched a lot of films. I was going to give you a specific example. <laughs> We've done quite a few of these and my brain's fried the 40s here that's not to say the <laughs> acting was great the acting was not great well the acting was uh, hit and my, miss. my issues with the acting were like I didn't feel like there was chemistry with the actors until we were a decent ways into the movie and so like when they were trying to have conversations the conversations felt very forced it's not like when we watch naked and we get the scene um, of the husband wife you know mm-hmm. alone and speaking um, and it moves you like this felt like everybody was very disconnected for how connected they were supposed to be I feel like they tried in places which this is I guess um, one of my bads like it was it was heavily hit and miss mm-hmm. like the two redheaded characters that play like the boys I felt like were convincing boys and then like it's an interesting flip isn't it how so like the gingers with no souls or the bullies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta eat your soul. For the listener, uh, <laughs> Kristen is a ginger. <laughs> she has no soul. Can't confirm. <laughs> Better watch it. I'll steal yours. She's dead inside. Mm. <laughs> she's holding me hostage. Send help. Aww. Love you. you. but like okay tom and like tom's mates since this is an english film it's an irish film well it's set in england let's say tom's tom's buddies or 
they filmed it in Ireland, but it's set in England because the mom talks about going to London. So I think that the film is well, supposed to be... you can go to London from Ireland. I don't, I don't whatever. I went to Edinburgh and came back, and my mom lives just outside of London. <laughs> like, like we're okay, whatever. On a train, English, Irish, this whatever. Afternoon. We're going to go to Scotland. Like, <sighs> Top of the morning to you, you Addy. You can't start harassing me when I'm just getting started. You're supposed to wait a while. <laughs> Tom's mates. <laughs> but yeah, they like seem like decent friends like even when they're setting up the party like the friends are very hands-on and very helpful and then as soon as like shit goes down it's like he forgets that he has friends and he's obsessed (laughs) with just kate and that's it like he's literally got friends that have like disappeared and died and all this and he's just like but kate though he's like i'm still trying to get my dick sucked by the weird girl in the wig yeah and like (laughs) yeah it was like sometimes they kind of kind of tried to develop it and kind of tried to make you care and then miserably like it should felt. have been more of like a puppy love type if you're gonna be 16 remember what it felt like to be 16 like you remember getting broken up with at 16 it felt like your whole fucking world was ending like you were like that's the one I was gonna marry and it's like I also just learned how to drive a car so I should probably settle down with my emotional connections like, like part, part of me wants to give him that they all experienced this really traumatic thing because mm-hmm. They're all children when Stitches dies. Stitches shows up at this birthday party. And, like, part of me wants to give him, like, he feels the strong connection to her because mm. she was the one he kind of connected with at the party. But then, like, they fall by the wayside and aren't friends the entire time. And he's just obsessively stalking her, even though she's got a boyfriend. Yeah. So, like... Kate had a boyfriend? Yeah, like, Dan was the dude that drinks the piss wine. That's her I, boyfriend. See, he was not involved. They were so emotionally disconnected, I forgot that he was a character. Oh, you mentioned him earlier. Well, I, I meant because I had it written down. But <laughs> yeah, I mentioned she had a boyfriend. Him and I already forgot. The him. whole movie. And his, like, his one purpose was to drink piss out of a shoe like, that got dropped into his And And he, he gets mad at one point when Tom is trying to get Kate to leave with him, and he stops Kate from leaving, which keeps them in the house. And other than that, he was a useless character. Yeah. But, like... They don't. You gotta develop that conflict of a love triangle. Yeah, they don't take time to develop the things that matter. And like when the kids are young, like when Stitch just goes to the birthday party, they're all like the most miserable shithead children that have ever they're existed. They're Irish! They're <laughs> horrible! They're, they're the most horrible children. And like I feel like that was like such a prime opportunity. Yeah, no, they're miserable because they're Irish. <laughs> Shut up! Because they're being oppressed by the British government. <laughs> they, they're redheads. Uh, okay. There's only two of them that are I know, redheads. and neither one of them are at that party. I, I will beat His you arrival at that party, though, where he calls the kids little fuckers and then, like, takes the money from the mom. Mm. He's like, fuck it, I'm hammered, I'm doing this shit. I just, my dick's still stinky from that prostitute. Oh, gross. Why? <laughs> Why? But, um... Yeah, like, I feel like that was, like, and you and I talked about that while we were watching the film, like, a perfect chance to, like, make Stitches slightly more lovable in that moment, where these children are just horrible, and, like, you want to root for the children getting killed for a minute there, because, like, they're just so awful. What I wanted in that scene is um, him to show up, maybe drunk, but, like, when he gets in front of the kids, like, he's like, okay... I drank to settle my nerves, you know, something like that. And then watch his progression of him getting angry at these kids. Maybe, like, 
he fucks the prostitute but picks up the AA coin and then just like halfway through his performance starts taking hits out of a flask and he's like fuck this coin fuck these kids and you know like like I needed him to walk in there not as a dickhead so that it, I had something to contrast it with when he came back to life and he was that pissed yeah. off you know he should have walked in there as the lovable shithead yeah. as opposed to oh you're just a, a drunk asshole <laughs> and that kind of leads me into my next negative is yeah. the mother is, is the, the most neglectful mother <laughs> worst mother like well, we I, I will encountered. pit that against the killer mom in Psycho or any other horrible Ed Gein's mom any mom you want to talk yeah, about no. like this mom there is was like, no mother in Psycho if you haven't well, seen yeah, that that's sure. definitely not my fault so I don't feel bad about ruining the plot it's Norman the entire time mom's dead but oh, <laughs> she first of all they have this outrageously large mansion of a house so this mother who they never mentioned dad has mm-hmm. to be a single mom is working some top secret fucking job yeah. where she has to leave town later in the movie but like has to be relatively well off to afford this house all by her lonesome which we Hires, don't know what she does no they never make any connection between son and mother at all like she has enough money to afford this house and hires the most seedy ass clown that has ever lived well apparently the town is rife with it because there's a cemetery behind the house where there's a whole cult (sighs) of clowns there's hundreds of eggs on the wall and all your clowns like that like all of your clowns and my only guess is she must have got a steep ass discount on that house for the weird clown cemetery being in the background it's like it's 2012 my love uh john wayne gacy was a clown 50 fucking years ago uh learn your lessons pick your clowns wisely but this clown shows up late to her son's birthday party i probably toasted for sure well he was drinking on the drive there wasn't he i know he was definitely smoking i don't remember if he was drinking or not but steals she separates the money she's going to give him from the money she's going to (laughs) keep he steals the larger wad of cash and then she doesn't think, maybe I should sit in and watch this dude yeah. perform. She leaves I him alone. I need to monitor the stranger yeah. in my house. Leaves him alone with toddlers while she's got a knife right side up in the dishwasher that she put there herself. And then left open. She's, this bitch is not clearing the dishwasher. Not worried about the children. Not worried about loading the dishwasher. Just leaving a blade in a, a place where one may slip and fall. Sitting upward. The Irish are not a smart people. The <laughs> he was English. Why are you dogging on me so hard I'm today? I'm not dogging on you. I'm dogging on the Irish for trying they're to blow my up my mom. Like that's they're not my, my fault. Yeah, they try to blow up my people, my direct people. <laughs> I'm I'm joking. I support the IRA. Oh shit! Not. Not financially, no. just in brain. Throw this binder. No, because if it's financial, then they can get me under the Patriot Act. But oh. I've given no money to the IRA, and my mom. No, I'm joking. <laughs> just saying, you know, like if you want to feed okay. terrorism, keep oppressing people. It's why Babe, in the desert. focus. Oh, oh, okay, oh, focus. Right. No, 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 I'm no, supposed no. to be the one going on a tangent because I have all the bads, not you. It's not your turn I'll today. Go political. It's not your turn today. I'm starting a political podcast. I'm going to podcast five days a week. Why? 
but not like we. To you. Well, I just get. I just get Josh under. Okay. My turn. My turn. We <laughs> <laughs> like jump forward six years, and this kid is only sixteen in this movie. Mom's like leaving town and leaving him all alone. She's like, "You'll be all right, right?" This kid hasn't been in therapy. He's literally got an homage to this dead clown up in his treehouse. He's a 16-year-old still hanging out in a treehouse, and he has a telescope where he creeps on his crush. Which you realized earlier today was a funny play of a joke. Yeah, he's a peeping Tom, and his name is Tom. Uh, but yeah, like, mom's just like, whatever, I'm going out of town, you'll be alright. <laughs> and they're literally, like, right next to a cemetery where this fucking clown is buried, and there's this weird structure that they do clown rituals in, and she's never at any point like, hey, let's move, or let's tear down hey, this treehouse, or... Hey, how about or... everybody here and all of your friends watched a clown die in our kitchen? And therapy. now that's where we make dinner. Uh, you're going to have to cook in there and load that dishwasher for the rest of the time you're living here. And it, it's not even just like, oh, hey, this clown died and that was that. This clown died and she walks in and her son has taken a literal bloodbath. And she's not like, hey, let's make No, that's enough therapy. to completely shatter a person. And he's like, what, 10, I'm guessing? Ten. Yeah, when this happens. Yeah, so. I get leaving your 16-year-old at home. I get left at home. Not in that like situation, 12, though. Like, in that situation, you're like... survive for a little bit, you know? But if... No. If I watched a clown bleed out through the face, uh, I think my mom would be like, you know... Maybe I'll get a setter until he's, I don't know, 30s. Or even just send them to, like, stay with one of the neighborhood kids. Although, granted, he jokes at his own expense that he has no friends, so... Well, isn't he still hanging out with all the kids? Um, him and Bulger and Vinny and Richie are all still friends. Right. Eh, he, like, kind of Wasn't creepily... Wasn't party? She showed up, but he kind of creepily stalks her from a distance, like he... No, the party at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, she was at the party when they were children, but they haven't been friends this whole time. Like, she... Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought they'd stay friends. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Like, he... Uh, she almost spills her beer on him at the party and says, Missed you. Like, implying, I didn't hit you at the beer. And he goes, I've missed you too. And she was like, oh, that's not... That. Yeah. That's not what I meant. Because, <laughs> yeah, they haven't really been friends or hanging out so this, this whole time. So this this entire time is just watching her... Yeah, literally using his telescope to peep into her bedroom window. And that's another one of my negatives is at the end of the film, they fucking reward the creep. Like, granted, they make Tom a relatively likable person. You feel bad for him because he's having these horrible hallucinations and he's getting bullied at school. So, like, he's a, a character that you sympathize with. But he has been creeping on this girl for six years. Yeah. And, like, hitting on her even though she has a boyfriend. Well, maybe and she's up, into that. Like, Hailstorm uh, made a whole song well, she about gets, that. Well, she buys him a bigger telescope at the yeah. end, so, she so she's definitely into her. that. Probably <laughs> wasn't into it when she was 12, and he was kind of like Ugh. a creepy pedophile. Like, well, he was 12, too, so that doesn't really make him a pedophile. Uh, it's still weird. It's, like no, it's weird year old spying on a 12-year-old. Like, if he was trying to spy spying on, Spying, like, period, is weird. No, it's... It, it's very strange, but it's if we're talking about twelve-year-olds. It's like curiosity, and you have a telescope. 
if you can... He, he kept it up for six years, though. Yeah, no, that's fucked up. 16-year-old him is hoping he catches a peep show of her changing before she goes to bed at night. And, like, they made the longest, like, play of him, like, zooming the telescope. I in, so maybe that is the true problem in the Me Too era. Because <laughs> I was just like, yeah, boys will be boys. And I was like, no, wait a minute. Like, when it's 16, like, and they knew that they were doing it, I get that being, like, fun and flirtatious. But at one point, she was, like, 11. He was doing it literally the whole time. And, like, they make, like, this ridiculous long play. Of he being, never like, looks at the stars. He never no. even tilts the telescope to pretend he's looking at the stars. He leaves the lights on in the thing so he doesn't even black out his position. He's silhouetting himself. That's a term you learn in the military. <laughs> and they do this really long to scene at of him adjusting... Telescope. The zoom on the scope, and it's like this literal, like the scope slowly sliding out, like play on him getting yeah. an erection watching her. <laughs> like, come on, that's I know the film wasn't trying to be subtle, but that's not even kind of subtle. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Tom, I sympathize, but you also were kind of a creep. No, no, you were a definite creep. It just I overlooked at it. I, I overlooked at it. I overlooked it given the content of the rest of the film. And you explaining it like that is no. He, Tom's kind of a fuck up. Yeah, and he gets the girl at the end. Disney. That's why I think this like, is what's she, wrong with society. No, I think that's why you know maybe I didn't even think that much because he gets the girl at the end. Maybe she was into it the whole time. Maybe she's into knowing that she's being watched, like that hailstorm song. She had six What's years to show interest in him, though. And, like, she, like, oh. makes it very clear from the beginning. Like, I've got a boyfriend. I'm not really into you. And, like, when he says, I missed you, too, she's well, not, she's like... she's not closing the window. Well, when, she's no, well she does. Aware. No, she does. Because when he's peeping on her, like, he's... Like, they show this really long scene of him watching her. And you think maybe she's going to start undressing. And then it shows her going to the curtains and ripping the curtains shut. Oh, I'm tracking. So... Like she does make that joke at the end, gives him a bigger telescope because he moves houses, which is literally just like a block down the road. And she's like, you can keep spying on me. So I don't know. Maybe she's a little into it, but it's weird. Well, maybe she's into it now because now they've both seen the clown die and he's like the hero. Yeah. I mean, he did just like, talks go about back shallowness of women at that point. No. <laughs> I will. <sighs> To see what I have to put up with on the daily. <laughs> I'll turn this weird I edit, I edit out the worst jokes. You people don't even get to hear the worst what jokes. What do you mean by you people? <sighs> okay, so. So. The CGI in this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie's poking fun it's itself, I know. I think they blew their entire budget hiring whoever made that ball and the eyeball. No, that's where I'm going with this. He has a a traditional, you know, foam nose that you would expect a clown to wear. It's got a butt crack in it. Well, they're split down the back so you can put them on. That's how they're made. Yeah, but they're in the front. Oh, does it? Mm Mm-hmm. If you look at the poster for the film, it's got a weird indent down Hmm. the middle of his nose so it looks like he's got an ass nose. (laughs) As my mom might say, an ass clown. (laughs) That's a phrase my mom uses when she's mad in traffic. 
<laughs> I didn't even notice. Look that. at this ass clown, and it's like that <laughs> is the funniest goddamn thing she's ever said. <laughs> She'll never that. listen to this episode. She gave up on us because we were too sexualized. And that I think you purposely, crazy. after she said that, tried to ramp it up because I, yeah, I was like, no, I'm gonna tag her in this one. <laughs> when she said that, I was like, I don't feel like any of them have been sexual, and then I feel like every episode since she said that has turned it's somewhat like, well, sexual. Now my mom's not listening, and my dad's dead, so I don't know. <laughs> It's like free reign. It's like I found my own little dear diary. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But, as I was trying to say, uh, the nose, he pops off, and it's animated, and it will, like a little weird pet dog that he keeps on his face, sniff out the victims he wants (laughs) to kill. He's like, go nose, go. And And when he pulls it off, he doesn't have a nose on his own face anymore. Which was not a part of the original story. He got a knife in the face. He didn't get his nose cut off. But for some reason, that nose is his nose now. So, uh, I, uh... No, it's... So bad. It's goddamn ridiculous. The, and it looks what, like Flubber. Like, that old does. Robin Williams mm-hmm. movie where it's just a boing, boing, boing. Like, it, like, bounces all over the place. And it's like, it, it, you're gonna make fun of Patch Adams? And like when he punts Paul's face into the lake, Paul's face still has, for whatever reason, the life inside of it to gasp before he lands <laughs> in the water. Gasp, uh, what air from what lungs? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Sarah, I, I'm 90% sure if I'm remembering right, when her eyeball pops into her mouth, her mouth is closed, and then it opens up, the eye falls in, and then her mouth closes after the eye falls She's in. She's just trying to gobble those nuts after taking it from behind. Fuck. Why do you do this to me? I, I, uh, it, comically painful, but still painful. problem with this film? Because I think it's brilliant, and you hate it. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate it. It's it's one of those movies where it's so bad. I'm like, I can laugh at it, so I can have fun with it. Um. But analyzing each thing individually. Analyzing. You yeah. Don't want to analyze this film. I said analyzing. You said analyzing. I said analyzing. Quit giving Somebody's me a hard got time. butt on the brain. I'm going to beat you. Like, <laughs> this is how this, this is going to be the final episode of Two Star Tuesday because Brett will be dead after. I'm going to beat him to death. <laughs> the entire time we were watching the movie, I kept calling uh, the... Sarah. Is that her name? Uh-huh. Sarah the Red-Headed Bully. I was like... <laughs> That's you. I was like, oh, there's Kristen. <laughs> They're fucking... She was like, how do you think you're going to die? She got hit in the back of the head with that umbrella and swallowed her own eyeball. And I was like, at least you got the coolest death. Because like, <laughs> it looked like like you from your modeling pictures. Like, or, you know, like the 19-year-old you, you know. And I, I was like, no, that, that is Kristen. <laughs> you got fucked up. It was a whole situation. My Avril Lavigne days when I wore way too much eyeliner. Yeah. No, like, that, she looked like you. Like, I was like, fucking, like, not exactly like you, you know, but like a whole shitload like you. Like, I'd like I kind of look that I'm like. Nicer. She was kind of shitty. Yeah. I wasn't sad to see her die. I look like all kinds of people, and those people are normally heroin addicts, so you're doing well for yourself. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can appreciate, because you asked me what I had the biggest problem with, I can appreciate the fact that they were intentionally over the top, so it's not like I hate, I'm angry yeah. at, but, like, the literal absurdity of every single death. There wasn't one single it's death. It's a clown movie! Yeah. 
But there were, like, not one. There wasn't one single death in this movie that was even kind of subtle, even kind of believable. Like... That's the point. Everything was, like, a geyser of blood and, like, people still alive in situations they certainly wouldn't Have be alive seen in. Have the uh, Tarantino uh, Grindhouse? Is that the name of it? Uh, the, the one with the car. Um, Grindhouse is definitely a movie, but I don't know. Well, it was a double release, and it was meant to make fun of, like, the old... Or not make fun of, but pay homage to the old exploitation film. And there was the one with the car, and I can't remember the name of it right now because I had a 40 and I'm on my second beer. Um, but the death car that comes through, like they're playing chicken on this big highway, and the car, they co- they collide yeah, head to head. And then the rear wheel of the car goes through the windshield, gets stuck on the driver's face, and the dude never gets off the accelerator. And that rear wheel just rips her Even fucking face off. Even though it's not attached off. anymore? Do what? Even though it's not attached anymore? The rear wheel? Oh, oh you mean the car? Like, yeah, like oh. the car like went up on top of the other car. Tracking. I thought you meant like the wheel popped off of the car, no. but was still spinning in sync with no. the car. the dude was still on the accelerator, and he like lights this bitch's face off like the entire time. It's just shooting blood, and it was like Tarantino or uh, the other dude, because it was a double feature with two directors. This is so sidetracked from the like film that we're supposed to be reviewing but I'm curious like because you have a lot more expense with hor- experience expense experience with horror films than I do um I feel like especially in the ones we've watched recently women get the most absurd violent deaths do you think that that's accurate like I because f- you're talking about a woman having her face it depends it depends in a lot of ways but um like I'm not saying that men never women get-, get a lot more exploited Horror. Like very but like weirdly are, sexual gory deaths yes, a lot. Uh, well, um, serial homicide is typically for sexual reasons, and most bad guys in horror films are dudes. Uh, teenagers who are trying to have sex go and see horror films, so there's a lot of sex and violence. Um, but the great ones almost always have a female lead that overcomes all of the rest of it. So, like, you kill the ditzy cheerleader, but, um... I'm gonna fucking forget her name again. Is it Jodie Lee Foster in Halloween? No, that's Jamie Lee Foster. Or, no, uh... It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Jamie Lee Lee Curtis. I I knew it was a JLC. (laughs) Jodie Foster is a person. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I was close. I a jamble of names that happens, but... Um, she's the hero of the entire thing. Like, Laurie Strode is the the end-all, be-all. Nightmare on Elm Street. The only one who makes it out and figures out how to kill Freddy is a girl. It's almost always a girl that kills the dude. It's never a dude, except for, like, Evil Dead, when Ash is like, fuck this! And he's got, like, a chainsaw for an arm, and he's just well, killing I'm not discounting that, um... But it's all sex and violence. Well, I'm not discounting that there are also women that come out as the strong character in the film, but of, like, traditionally, I feel like, of the people that die in the films, like, the ones that just don't make it, um, the women's deaths tend to be 
more graphic. Not that the men don't ever have graphic deaths, because we saw in... In this movie, a dude catches a helium tank to the back of the dome, and his head explodes but after he slips on his Sarah's death was still, like... Sexualized. And longer, like, more drug out, like, very... Like, they literally... a scene where his dick gets ripped off and tied around a helium But they literally tank. paired, which... To their credit, that's a good that I didn't write down. Like, some of the transitions were kind of cool. They paired Sarah's death to Vinny trying to fuck this girl he's trying to fuck. So, like, you see Sarah thrown back on the bed, and it immediately switches to the girl Vinny's trying to have sex with, like, in the bed, kind of in a very similar position. It's such a subtle transition. You're almost like, oh, wait, that's not the same person. No, it's all so sex and So, her death is literally paired alongside this teenager trying to get laid, and then... A very upfront, not even slightly well, subtle it's, ending. It's the whole premise in a slasher film, right? Like you've got the canonical rules that you're not allowed to break. You're not allowed to do drugs. You're not allowed to have sex. And you're not allowed to drink. If you're the virgin or the nerd, you're going to die as the nerd. You're forever going to live as the virgin. It's what scary movies all about. Like, there are canonical things that you cannot break in a horror film. You cannot kill the innocent girl. Everybody else gets slaughtered. So, like, the first deaths in Halloween, um, outside of the family murders, are of um, this couple that are smoking pot, drinking beer, and having sex. <laughs> and then Michael comes in and says, not in my house, and pins that dude to the wall and dresses up like a ghost and kills his girlfriend like you're not allowed to be a slut you're not allowed to be an alcoholic like there's a it's tradition but there is sex and violence but there's also like violence and sex you know like if you think of the act of having sex making love watching porn whatever the fuck your current situation is there's a level of aggression to that, which makes it more than any other interaction, makes it more immediate, more intimate. And I don't think that the horror genre should have to apologize. I'm not saying that it should. Too which, much titty. I'm not saying. I'm not even talking about the literal exposure of the human form, like um, in the girl with the photographs, which I don't think we even brought that up in that podcast. The first person that you see actually naked is Trip. So the mm-hmm. first time they show, they don't show his junk or anything, but the first time you see full-blown nudity, it's a male in that movie. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because mm-hmm. it's usually women. Like they maybe showed Colleen in like short shorts or something, but they didn't show anybody full-blown naked until Trip yeah. got naked. And then later on we saw uh, Victoria's boobs, I think was her name. Um but I'm not talking about, like, literal nudity, like the... The sexuality of the kill. Yeah, like, it, yeah. it seems like there's a, a weirdly deeper intimacy a lot of the time. Like, I'm not saying that but men don't that. get graphic deaths by any means, but there's this, like, weird sexual element mm-hmm. to a lot of the women's deaths, particularly. Even if it's not overt, it's just, like, more time and care and, like... Well, because what bothers a woman? what is going to scare you versus what is going to scare me? You know? Like, if you're sitting there and you're watching it... We have so derailed. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> All I have left is clown shit, so uh, we can have a, a proper or semi-proper discussion about it. Um, what bothers women is rape. Like, 
violation um, and what drives the male serial killer with a knife is penetration so it is very sexual in nature and horror films in that way are targeting the people that are like the characters in the film what do you want to be do you want to be embarrassed because you're the jock and so we're going to kill you and make you feel weak you know do you want to be sexually murdered as a woman so that your family has to find you like that naked stabbed to death in the front yard um it's disturbing and there's been a lot of uh, controversy I think since the 50s uh, with the way these films are made but it's all based out of fear you know like you you almost have to do it if if you just right like and I don't want to say just but if you had a woman in a sweater and long jeans and big boots and she was completely covered up and your bad guy beats her over the head with a pipe and leaves her laying in the middle of the asphalt uh, who gives a shit <laughs> you're not going to remember that character you're not going to feel like that was the death she deserved she walks out of a building she gets clubbed that happens to dudes in action movies all day <laughs> But if you can sexualize the murder, you create the scream queen. You stab the woman uh, in Psycho, I think it's Marion, um, to death while she's naked in a shower without ever showing her naked. But it's implied. She's alone. There's nobody there to help her. She's naked. She's wet. She's being penetrated. There's, you know what I mean? I feel like too. Um, Sorry for the hardcore D rap, but I'm. Really I, I mean, I brought it. Conversation. I brought it up, so it's really my fault. I feel like too, though, some of that can be attributed, and again, not not trying to have some political uh, conversation here about this, to the fact that most of these directors are male. Like, I w- I would be very curious to watch. A female directed horror. No, well, I, not even necessarily a. Because there are plenty of successful female directors out there. Not even necessarily a high-quality horror film done by a woman. Like a B-level film done by a woman that you know going into it is supposed to be a little ridiculous. Like how she would then treat these situations that are intentionally over the top. Like if we had watched Stitches and it had been filmed by a woman, what would she have done? Well, she would have had a lot more, I think, of that penis hanging from the ceiling and the kid bleeding out from his now empty groin like a woman jumping up and down wanting his penis back which is a penis envy scene it's a you know is this mine is this manhood something I deserve poetically it works like that I think there'd be a lot more of shots of that nature but if you know. made an entire film where it was completely poetic horror, you're not gonna get the exploitation crowd. And that's a you need Teddy and violence. <laughs> that's a, a personal <laughs> preference. Your audience, you know? <laughs> it's a 
personal preference for me specifically, so I'm not in the least bit going to speak for other female. What's like, do you read the Washington Post or Mad Magazine? You know? <laughs> um, like, I'm not going to speak for other female directors, but, like, my personal preference is um, psychological horror. So, like, even if I was doing a low-budget horror film, I don't think that I would go a sexual route at all, regardless of whether it was the male or female character. So. Yeah, no, we've watched films that didn't have a sexual element. Mm-hmm. But when there is a sexual element, it's directed at woman, women, and it's thrown in this situation. I was trying to think of if I could think of any male deaths that I felt were overly sexualized and again I don't do well the gay guy I'm being raped by a clown but he wasn't though he still had his pants on like it but felt like a gimmicky line he self conscious about his weight and he eats a cookie and he passes out in a thing full of beads and then another male from behind starts scooping his brains out the two testicles of a Tupperware drawer I mean, that whole movie was kind of sexualized in general, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. This is like a, a whole podcast topic. I'm sorry. We, we have completely like, we derailed can, from the film. We'll have this conversation <laughs> later. Maybe we p- pick it back up on Sunday. We can talk about sex and violence. And, I feel like that's and, definitely a thing that needs to be researched. i got to find films and see if I can come up with an example where the male characters were sexualized and not the it's women. It's happened, but I can't No, it's for up. sure happened, yeah, I'm sure. No. Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed and spewed across the fucking ceiling in Nightmare, which I, I, I don't remember any of the other deaths, though, so there could have been females in that. that no, there was a lot of girls who could kill No, I meant that were, like, sexual Well, deaths. they're all sexual because he's, like, flirting with them as he's killing them. But <laughs> Sorry, I totally your, derailed this. No, 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 no. I, I want to talk about this, but we have to Close finish, up. Yeah. Have dinner. What's our bed? Uh, well, I mean, I think we've kind of at some point glanced over all of the things that I wanted to say, so we kind of intermingled our good and bad this episode. Are you saying Stitches, more or less, was a good movie? Again, I will stick to it. It was so bad, it was good. It was not good on its own. It was so absurd that I laughed at it. I couldn't watch, though, weirdly, um... Bulger's death when he scoops out the brains. I couldn't watch well, you it. You had a lot of problems with it for the sheer violence. <laughs> yeah, like I was okay. You like turn around and you're like, nope, not having any part of that. I was okay when we got to the point where he was scooping the brains out, but they take a lot of care and time to him separating Sawing his the skull. skull. Yeah. The skull and peeling the skin and back. And that bothered me a lot. I literally, I was like, nope, not watching that. <laughs> so. It had one single moment in the whole film where I was like, that's gross enough that I'm creeped out genuinely. But the rest of it was so over the top and absurd that I was like, I can laugh at this <laughs> and enjoy this film because it knows how ridiculous it God is. Goddamn right. So, so here's to that movie. And then I'm going to hit you guys with a quick round of clown shit. Because this is actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just forgot the church name and I don't think I have that written down uh, <laughs> but the, um, these next four things come from you come from me uh, they were found in a BBC article entitled the fascinating reason why clowns paint their faces on eggs and it was uh, Dave Fagundes which I probably mispronounced but nowhere near as badly as I mispronounced Aaron Perzanowski <laughs> so <laughs> deal with it um, 
it turns out Stitches and the cult and their act of uh, painting these eggs comes from a dude who had absolutely fuck all to do with clowns, right? He was uh, the first person to enter an egg into the registry. He did it as a hobby. In 1946, Stan Bolt, he was a chemist, had fuck all to do with clowns, but he liked the way that they did their makeup, started painting their faces on ceramic eggs as a hobby. Of ceramic so, eggs? I didn't realize yeah, they were ceramic. Well, that's how they're still around in the actual museum right now. Uh, there is a museum in a church in London, and I think that the dude who curates it, its name is Fryer, but I already gave you the name of the article. Type it in Google. Read about this shit <laughs> on your own goddamn time. Um, but yeah, he did that in 1946, and then he started painting those faces, and he painted 200 eggs in the next 20 years, and That's then insane. he died in 1966. The person who runs um, Clowns International, or curates this little museum and the church that has all the clown history and stuff... That dude has 40 of the original eggs, and nobody knows where the fuck else all the other eggs went. That's madness. Yeah. I didn't realize there were that many. He did 200 by himself. There's probably thousands of them now. But it was 1946 when the act of doing that started. And it became a tradition for clown copyright that is not recognized by the courts. So... clown will fuck you up though I'm gonna get to that (laughs) so these clowns um, they form this tradition of copyright that's not formally recognized by any of the courts you can't come in with your egg and be like I painted this egg and that guy's wearing my egg's makeup it's almost like being blacklisted by Hollywood yeah well like that's what it got compared to is um, like stealing somebody's comedy routine or uh, in French cuisine, like cuisine, cuisine, uh, stealing their um, recipe and passing it off on your own is like the community knows what the fuck you're up to. So that is a place where clowns go to find out where their makeup is going to be. And the guy who's in charge, whose name I believe is Fryer, um, that clown helps you through the museum, looks at your design, and then he leads you through. And he says, well, you might be a little close to Bobby or, like, you know, like fucking Ziggy Zaggy, the clown. Ziggy Zaggy? Yeah. Like, and so, like, he knows all these faces, and he's like, helps you out with your makeup design and shit like that. He's fucking brilliant. Um... It was revived, because the dude died in 66, it was revived in the late 1980s by Clowns International, which is an international club of clowns. Which (laughs) Which you can join. Which you can join right the fuck now. We found out because, and that's not connected to this article, Barnum and Bailey is uh, running out of clowns. They need clowns. They are down 26% from a couple of years ago, and they definitely need clowns. So go be a clown. Get Run shitty. away and join the circus. I might become a clown. I'm going to be a clown. Clowns kind of freak me out, though. I don't yeah, know. but it's passive income. You I can do it once a month, show up at a kid's birthday party, and be like, hey! Wash that shit off before you come home. 
I'm just here so mommy can fuck daddy on your birthday. Like, I'm just here to, to make enough noise to make none of that matter. Um, um, blatant copying of another clown's makeup leads to shunning within the community and, rarely, violence. It will leave you with a literal black eye. Snitches get stitches. beating up clowns, right? And then my next two points, and we'll close this out, um, come from a Mental Floss article entitled Seven Things You Didn't Know About Clowns, all of which were things that I didn't know about clowns, two of which were interesting, and that is written by Caitlin Stainbrook. There are no tricks to the clown car. They gut the interior, they paint over the windows, and then they sit down the driver on a milk crate with a peephole so we can see where he's driving, and they just start throwing people in that car. So it's a compact car that fits 14 to 21 clowns. Which is crazy. Yeah, they just jam. Like, there's no trick. There's no stadium floor. They have to drive up. So they just cram a clown car with literal clerk. It's what it is. And then uh, if you are in or near Tanoya, Nevada, which is apparently in the middle of the desert, you can visit the Clown Motel, which is built right next to an early 1900s graveyard and is littered with clown stuff. Which one day we're going to bring you a podcast from there. Cause we I definitely, decided. yeah. No, we're we're recording there. one from there. <laughs> and at that, let me get over here to where I can log out of this thing. Because I have to pee. <laughs> and we're going to go make burgers. So, if you want to hit us up, guys, we can take emails at nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com. What about Instagram? That would be at nightmareboxproductions. If you're trying to hunt us down on Twitter because you want to tweet. That would be at Nightmare Box Pro. What about that Facebook link? Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. And our LinkedIn. No, I'm joking. Website is the Nightmare <laughs> You eternally forget your own website that you created. I have to remind you every single time that you have a website. The Nightmare Dot. The Nightmare. The Nightmare Box. The Nightmare Box. Dot blog. Go buy Fucking my book. Check us it's out. called The Madman Diaries. I sold a copy this week. Oh, Super did you? Woo! Hell yeah, hit me up with those $5 royalties. All right. Oh. Signing off. I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. See you next time. We'll catch you.